0: Welcome to the due diligence podcast. I'm your host Robert Kraft and for more than 10 years with SNN I've been doing interviews with micro management teams at investor conferences globally as well as online. Our SNN live CEO video interviews are meant to pique interest and then one can discover more by going to that company website but personally I always have more questions I want to ask. On this show, I'll be chatting with public company executives from microcap companies, and we'll dive deeper into companies that are rarely profiled. Microcap traditionally is overlooked, unloved, and absolutely never featured on legacy financial media outlets unless something material is going on. That's a good story. With my experience interviewing management teams, having interviewed most of them before, I've built up a network of companies so there will be no shortage of content. Furthermore, this is an opportunity for me to showcase some of the qualitative lessons I've learned from guests on the Planet Microcap podcast. You can expect high quality interviews with management teams that may have exposure to broader macro trends that you may never have thought of. One of the many reasons why I love the microcap space. So if you love microcaps and especially love learning about companies before the professionals do, let's start our due diligence. My guests on the show today are Chairman and CEO Andrew Duncan and CFO and Director Charlie Glavin at Boardwalk Tech Software Corp. It's a publicly traded company. The symbols are BWLK on the TSX Venture and BWLKF on the OTCQB. Boardwalk Tech has developed a patented digital ledger technology platform currently used by Fortune 500 companies running mission-critical applications worldwide. BoardWalk Tech's digital ledger technology and its unique method of managing vast amounts of structured and unstructured data is the only platform on the market today where multiple parties can effectively work on the same data simultaneously while preserving the fidelity and provenance of the data. BoardWalk Tech can deliver collaborative, purpose-built enterprise information management applications on any device or user interface with full integration with enterprise systems of record in a fraction of the time it takes other non-digital ledger technology-based platforms. I've done some short-form video interviews with Andrew Duncan for our channel over the last year, and I wanted to dive deeper into the BoardWalk Tech story on topics such as how their digital ledger technology platform works, and is not just another smart Excel spreadsheet. Having a patented digital ledger technology platform before quote-unquote ledger technology became associated with blockchain and crypto, and taking the next step to profitability. With that, please enjoy my conversation with Chairman and CEO Andrew Duncan and CFO and Director Charlie Glavin. Welcome back, everyone, to the due diligence series here at Planet Microcap. I'm your host, Robert Kraft. You can follow me on Twitter at Bobby K. Kraft. That's B-O-B-B-Y-K-K-R-A-F-T. And joining me today is the team from Boardwalk Tech Software Corp. It's a publicly traded company. I got two symbols for you. BWLK on the TSX Venture and BWLKF on the OTCQB. And the team representing Boardwalk Tech here today is Andy Duncan, chairman and CEO, as well as Charlie Glavin, CFO from the company. Guys. Thank you for joining me today. How are you doing?
1: Hey, Bobby. Great. Thanks for uh, hosting us and I look forward to the conversation.
0: Absolutely. And Charlie, thank you for joining us as well. Thanks as well, Bobby. All right. So... The way we, we've done a few interviews in the past um, and, and BoardWalk Tech has actually uh, presented at a few of our conferences before. So I thought this would be a great opportunity uh, to share with our audience a, a little bit deeper into the story um, for those that may have missed those interviews or haven't seen your presentations before. So, Andy, I'm going to come to you first. Can you start us off with the description of the company in one sense? <laughs>
1: We are all about helping companies better understand the massive amount of data that they manage on a daily basis, which allows them to get to decisions faster, which provides for a much better outcome.
0: Very good. You know, I had one line for you, if you wanted. I was going to say the a digital ledger platform helping enterprises get control of all their unstructured data. Is that with that?
1: That, that, that works as well. Sure. There's, there's
2: uh, multiple ways to uh, kind of skin the cat, as you say. <laughs> Very, you know. Bobby, I, I guess I would uh, put in one additional word: unique. Uh, we have uh, faced this, and a lot of our customers have uh, indicated to us they've tried other solutions, and we provided them with this unique capability. Very good.
0: All right, so I want to take I want to take a step back and also look at the history of the company, how we arrived at this point. So, uh, I'm Andy, I'm going to start with you and then Charlie add some color in as well. You know, take me back to what the original problem Boardwalk Tech was looking to solve. When did that start and then how did you evolve to where you're at today?
1: Yeah. So, the the original problem that we tried to solve was creating what we call the enterprise spreadsheet So the problem in the, in the, in the enterprise, which still very much exists after 14 or 15 years that we've been chasing this problem is that, um, most work in the enterprise still gets done in Microsoft Excel. So there's 1.3 billion users of Microsoft Excel today. And these large enterprises over the years have spent literally billions of dollars on Oracle and SAP and Salesforce.com, but yet most of the data still ends up in Microsoft Excel. And then what happens is that companies start to build applications off of that Excel by adding formulas, emailing the spreadsheet around. And our original goal was to say, how do we solve this problem? How do we turn a spreadsheet not into a single user environment, but how do we turn it into a multi-user environment that allows people to be able to easily share and track the changes that have occurred with multiple people working on the same spreadsheet at the same time? That was the original goal. And quite frankly, there's a lot that is still in our core value proposition um, that tracks right back to that original problem that we're solving.
0: Absolutely. And, and Charlie, I'm going to come to you on this. I mean, look, you're the CFO. You you should be Mr. Spreadsheets about all this, right? So, I mean, you know, what when when did you come into the company and did, what was the opportunity that you also saw here?
2: Um, well, I, I kind of came from sort of a unique background in that I started off at Fidelity, worked at Intel, uh, worked with the VC community, along with uh, being a CFO of um, other smaller and mid-size companies. Uh, companies, in, particularly in the semiconductor industry, I'll just lay it out this way. I would have killed for this solution. Um, when you have multiple people trying to input, uh, manage, and work off of databases, um, often in Excel, and I had guys who created phenomenal macros, and I've used a lot of great add-ons uh, uh, for Excel, but it was still deficient. And so I was attracted to this after talking to uh, friends within the industry who were existing uh, customers of of BoardWalk or people who were looking at future trends. And the idea of a distributive ledger, and BoardWalk calls it a a digital ledger, was unique. And it was basically, Bobby, a a way of if you had a blank piece of paper and you said, uh, this is not an evolution in terms of how you would manage data or an Excel spreadsheet, but how would you do it if you had to, you know, design it from scratch? And that's what attracted me uh, uh, to it. The other thing was um, to be really uh, blunt: was Andy uh, attracted me because you often see a CEO, you know, when you you talk to him and you know the, during the recruiting process, will say, "Yeah, we have an opportunity in all of these different markets." And Andy was disciplined enough, as the CEO said. Yeah, that would be a great market. The answer is no, not yet. And I said, this is a guy who I can work with. And it also meant that we were targeting out areas. We weren't doing a buckshot. And I said, this is a company that could use my background, my acumen, you know, both within the industry, uh, you know, financial Wall Street background. Conversely, this was a solution that I can sell. I could sell to myself. I could sell to other guys who'd been using out there. Because it wasn't saying that you were doing something wrong, but rather you didn't have the right tools to do it better, and that's what really Boardwalk's doing for any of our enterprise customers.
0: You know, going off of what Charlie just said there, Andy, I wanted to come back because what's you know, I when I when I gave the one line at the beginning, and when I was digging through LinkedIn, and you know, you having correct me if I'm wrong, you're founder of the company, correct?
1: Yeah, Thanks. I mean, I I came in very early when there was only two two guys, basically, okay. uh. Well, they call it, you know, two guys in a hot tub, right? I mean, Gotcha. Okay. So
0: very, very early on. So, I mean, you know, not to like get this all like full on aggregated. So that become like lumped in with like another blockchain company or anything like that. But you describe yourselves as a digital ledger platform and, and, and that's, that, that's a, it's like ledger, digital ledger, smart contracts, what's, what's happening. So, you know, was that an intentional choice in the description of the company?
1: Yeah. So, um, I would say that in the history of the company, one of the things, you know, this is my fifth company now in Silicon Valley, and one of the things that's very difficult to get right is the go-to-market. Um, and while our technology is very unique, and we really were the first ones to market with what we call a, a digital ledger uh, database and digital ledger technology, um, what we've struggled with, at least in the early days, was getting the go-to-market right. when. In, in 2016, 15, when the market got kind of heated up around blockchain, um, and when you look at a digital ledger, we really, are, we really do chain transactions together, which is what provides the history of what we do. And we reworked the go-to-market for the company to talk about being a you know, blockchain digital ledger environment. And quite frankly, when we took that to market, and it takes a couple of years to kind of turn the ship. Um, in, you know, in a new go to market, um, it didn't work. And the, these enterprises were just not ready yet to kind of bite off the big word blockchain. Um, and even though there's a lot of noise about it still that's out there, quite frankly, um, a digital ledger and a private permission digital ledger, which is what we sell versus a public, um, you know, blockchain digital ledger is a totally different beast. And companies are starting to recognize that while there's a lot of value in the core technology of a blockchain-like solution, that um, the method by which we do it is better. And so again, we had to rework kind of our go-to-market. And in 2018, in conjunction with um, our RTO on the, the venture exchange, we decided to, again, change our go-to-market away from blockchain, focusing on digital ledger technology only, and also change our, our approach with regard to moving away from perpetual licenses to a right-to-access um, ARR model. and That has really been the thing that has created the excitement with regard to the company. We almost look like from 2018, June of 2018 on, we really are kind of a, a new company.
0: Absolutely. Not to make a bad joke, but do you think my, Microsoft Office back in the day once, you know, with Word Doc and you had track changes, they're like, oh, we were a digital ledger technology. <laughs> you track all our changes and you could see who did it and, and who didn't, you know? <laughs> yeah, you
2: know, Bobby, I, I, I kind of kidded around. We were almost like the Palmolive dishwashering uh, liquid is um, the company wasn't chasing um, you know, trends, that was the, that was the thing. And I, I joined in 2018 to help launch, you know, the, the, the SaaS model. And it was really, um, you know, they uh, created this collaborative uh, platform. That was actually one of the names at, at the time. And somebody looked and said, hey, you're really a digital ledger. Or we talked about the unique technology, which was at the atomic level. You know, think of it like an Excel cell. Um, chaining the uh, transactions, any changes that occurred and somebody said, hey, you're, you're blockchain. So this wasn't a company chasing trends. It was more that they were establishing a solution ahead of the crowd and then people looked and said, well, you could also call it the, the following. So in that sense, the platform, the technology, the solution was there, the marketing words for, to describe this new capability was really the, the tricky aspect because people always gravitate back to something they're comfortable with so they said oh you're like smart sheets I'm like no we're much more than, than smart sheets. They wanted to come to something simplified. so maybe the easiest way that I, I've described is think of us as a three-dimensional spreadsheet rather than have to email you know 20 30 different versions and then you got to go back or you saved over you have one spreadsheet. Um, that basically will track every single change you've ever met with a timestamp and authorization. So, you know, so words such as provenance, traceability, auditability uh, all come to play that really weren't you know, in full existence uh, previously. Oh, by the way, everyone can make the changes simultaneously. So, we're not saying who's up and you don't get that dreaded, um, you pulled up a read only version, you know, you can't save.
0: Absolutely, yeah. Just do me a favor, don't you know? Or I don't know. You can do it if you want, but I, you know, I, I, I hope uh, in a year or two I don't see Boardwalk Tech blockchain solutions. You know, uh, <laughs> no, I don't think so. I don't okay. think so. Okay, good. All right, so let's dig into the 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 company's technology itself. You know, on the company's uh, investor presentation, you have a great image here, where basically you have your Boardwalk Digital Ledger technology itself in the center, and it's you feed into it not just your existing Excel um, capabilities, but you have all your other unstructured data, and then also your structured data. So, give give me a little wrap on how the technology actual actually works, how enterprises work with it. You know, take it from there. Sure.
1: So when when you when you look at the the typical enterprise today, um, there's a couple of key stats that's important. One is information in the enterprise is doubling every two years. Okay, so think about that. Okay. The second thing is that of that information that's doubling every two years, 80% of the data is unstructured, which means that when it comes into an organization, it's going to come into you as in a form of an email, a tweet, you know, some HTML, um, a PDF attachment. It's like there's no structure to that data. And the problem in the enterprise today is that there's so much data that people spend about 40% of their time just chasing information in the enterprise. And so how do they, once they're chasing the information, what do they do? Like what tools do they use to be able to align that data and try and understand it? And the only tool that's really out there that allows kind of a citizen within you know, within the enterprise community to basically align the data is Microsoft Excel right? There isn't any other tool, right? And and so there might be, you know, little tools for little things that you do, sub-components of that, but from a generic standpoint, uh, you know, it's it's Excel. So what happens is that you get these people that say, okay, I need to go get the following six pieces of data, and they're in six different databases. So I got to log into the database, I got to run a report, I got to get the data, then I copy it, then I paste it into a spreadsheet. And once I get it pasted into a spreadsheet, then I start writing formulas against that to say, well, what if this happens? And then I start emailing the spreadsheet around. And before you know it, you've got 50 people in your business unit on this spreadsheet where you're cutting and pasting data. You're emailing stuff around. Everybody's making changes to sell M21 and K38, but yet there's no ability to track what's going on. And this is the core problem in the enterprise. And Bobby, guess what? They're literally in in every enterprise, hundreds and sometimes thousands of these Excel spreadsheet processes that are mission critical to the business. Forget about you just opening up your spreadsheet and doing kind of a quick analysis on some stuff. We're talking about mission critical, millions of dollars of decisions a minute are being made out of the data that's sitting in the spreadsheet. And we said, wait a minute, this is such a big problem. Um, not only from a compliance standpoint, from an ESG, from a security standpoint, but just the uh, the the fact that um you can't track changes so that you really don't know that the data in these spreadsheets are correct. So what we did is we developed the, you know, what we call the the boardwalk platform, basically, the digital ledger platform. And in the platform, it's a low-code application platform that allows a company to absorb a spreadsheet process. Very rapidly, by the way, it's a single schema. So there's no writing of any code. And then from there, you start to apply the tools that we have in our platform, such as integration into the backend system so that you don't have to go and copy and paste a report out of Oracle and, and paste it wrong, okay, and have a problem, right? So we can, we've got integration, you know, workflow, all of the other tools that allow you to very rapidly build an app and the cool thing is that our digital ledger database it acts as a single version of the truth. So when you are now part of a spreadsheet process that is now running on the boardwalk digital ledger platform, you open up your spreadsheet on your desktop. you make your changes as normal. but when you're done, instead of emailing the spreadsheets around, you simply hit submit refresh. And what we do is we create a, a secure link between your spreadsheet version and basically the digital ledger database. And when you hit submit, and let's say you made five changes, all five of those changes come into the digital ledger, they're inserted and chained together so that there's complete provenance with regard to everything that's going on, right? All history, nobody can mess with the data. And now when the other people refresh their spreadsheet, they can see Bobby's changes that have come in with a complete audit trail on what's going on. So. The ability to now take these, what were manual spreadsheet processes, put them onto the digital ledger platform, create an application very rapidly where everybody's seeing the same data, it's all secure, it's all compliant. You've got the the history for, you know, doing all of your compliance stuff. Um, All of that is there. But on top of that, you know, we we recently landed a large, um, very well-known, um, multinational bank that's based in New York. And this particular bank has got somewhere around 40,000 spreadsheets that, need, that will be converted over onto the BoardWalk Digital Ledger platform. Okay, this is, this is real life stuff. In the initial rollout of this, we had a um, director come back and make a statement that said, what used to take me two days to aggregate and align the data across a 50 person process now takes me 15 minutes with boardwalk, okay? So not only do we have the security, the compliance, but we're improving the business process significantly, which goes back to what I originally talked about, which is if a company can get the right data aligned, that allows them to make a decision faster, they're gonna beat the competition, okay? So you look at the supply chain and you say, if you knew two days earlier that you were actually going to have a stock out of a particular product in a particular region, and you could, you could make a call and air express that product to the stores in that region so that you don't have a stock out, you're creating a lot of value. And if you were waiting for some stupid report out of Oracle or SAP or Salesforce.com that you got every Thursday at three o'clock of what happened a week ago... You're not going to have that data. So the guy with the data and the and the right data faster is always going to win. And and this this is this is kind of this is what we're all about. So I I hope that that answered your question about kind of the value prop.
0: That that was that was fantastic. I really appreciate that full overview right there. That we you I get it. I hope everybody listening also also gets it as well and, and well you know that.
1: so so far twenty two of the Fortune five hundred get it and you know part of our kind of entire go to market is once we get in with the company and they start utilizing the platform because they've got hundreds sometimes thousands of these spreadsheets we start to spread across the organization we call it our land and expand strategy so we've got people that are working with each of our clients to say okay where next can we provide a lot of value for you for you and because it's a generic platform We cross, uh, you know, we can go across supply chain, HR, finance, anything where there's a lot of spreadsheets and or data that needs to be aligned and collected and used and decisions made. Absolutely.
0: So, Charlie, I want to come to you on this one because now I want to talk about the target market, you know. Andy just mentioned you know some of the customer wins already. the company's put out some press releases on uh, a few of the customer wins, and also you mentioned how I mean look, this is, sounds like an application that can work for almost any kind of business, but it sounds like the company's specific focus right now is on financial services, right? Correct me if I'm wrong
2: um i would I would probably argue it historically it's been on uh, supply, chain, uh, supply chain overall okay. Yeah, the the financial market was not one where the company chased, but rather an existing customer who was already servicing somebody within the financial, this uh, top five uh, bank, um, basically went in and said, guys, you've tried SAP Oracle, you've tried other uh, low-code apps like Appian. We've actually been a customer of Boardwalk. We think it can solve this solution. And the reason why I, I mentioned that is we weren't the first, we weren't the fifth choice, but that actually provided us a, a lever uh, in, in terms of uh, we had an existing customer come in. But supply chain in these areas where we had uh, land and expand, they've uh, included um, you know, a variety of different uh, customers uh, w- within those uh, areas, but it's because of the efficiencies uh, we bring. So, Bobby, let me kind of segue into, it's almost a matter of, okay, you guys are growing at a kegger of, you know, 45 to 50% per year since you launched this model. Great. And what I'm telling you is we haven't even touched some of the markets. So we've proven, you know, a you know, multi-million dollar per year uh, relationship with this uh, bank and we've got other prospects. Andy's background is an in insurance that is ripe you know, for a tangential uh, um, market. There, the pharmaceutical market, as far far as track and trace in terms of efficacy for um, drugs, you know, we're working in the ecosystem uh, with that. That is not yet within, you know, uh, evolved. Um, The ESG market is ripe, you know, for us as well. uh, Again, because it provides tracing and efficiency within your supply chain uh, overall. And so if you stop looking at differences between these different markets and start to look at things such as the words providence, audit trail, traceability, and say, which of the markets you know could you address? The answer is yes. Um, and as I said earlier, we're not going out and chasing all of them. And that's, that's the key. And uh, we also realize, hey, we can't do this alone. So we're working with partners. So the guys that brought us in, uh, to the uh, bank, an existing partner. So we have a teaming agreement with there. We're bringing in people with uh, expertises and Rolodexes. We're leveraging others. So we're not arrogant enough to say, hey, we'll do this alone, but rather, you know, this is a growth opportunity for us. Um, who can you use? This then leads to the, the other point. A lot of these uh, new customers that, that we're getting came from referral of uh, existing customers. So, what better you know validation do you have when a customer says, "Hey, you guys should really use the, this boardwalk. They really helped us uh, overall," and, and that's also that uh, inflection point we're facing right now.
0: That was actually that was literally what I was going to ask. That next question is you know, I, I think it and, 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 and of course, uh, was on the the you know on the strategy on the growth strategy itself. You know, because you clearly have your lane right now that you're continuing to sell, provide services, and everything like that. But then there's all there's just so there's so much potential opportunity there as well. Right. So how what would you say is the company's main strategy right now? And then at what point do you see yourself starting to expand some of these other opportunities? Andy yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to answer that.
1: OK, so I would say that there, there's three segments of it, Bobby. One is that we're going to continue to bring on new logos that are large organizations that mainly are kind of supply chain focused because the opportunity is just enormous and we know that market very well. Anytime you've got inventory risk and you've got a lot of data moving around, um, there's a wonderful opportunity. So that's number one. Number two is we're going to continue to work on land and expand. It's not. It's, it's the easiest thing to do is to go to a customer that you already have a contract and relationship with, and be able to expand your relationships so that we can drive additional incremental revenue, uh, mainly ARR, um, from from those those customers. So that is there. The third area where we're going to really focus is in financial services. We are extremely excited about the fact that the solution that we have provided to this large bank, and you know, we signed a second bank as well, a large Indian bank, that is very unique in the industry. And when you look at the problem that they've got, where let's say you've got 40,000 spreadsheets, and the way in which they've been trying to solve the problem that is the only technology that does it is they're trying to rewrite the spreadsheet application into a regular application, which means you have to build a new database, you got to build out an intelligence model and you got to put a new UI on it. And most of the UIs that are going on, those are um, you know browsers. And so what happens is that it takes three guys, three months to do that. And then they take the application to the user and the user says, Oh, heck no, I'm not using that. For eight years, I've matured this spreadsheet with a thousand formulas and 40 macros. My bonus is tied to this. You can't force me to some browser that I've got to be online. It isn't flexible. I'm not going there. So there are two problems in that, that the banks, that the banks have. One is, uh, well, three problems. One is they got a gazillion spreadsheets everywhere. Second is, in order for them to get these spreadsheets into compliance based upon the OCC regulations, which is the Office of the Comptroller of the Currency under the U.S. Treasury, that um, if it's going to take three guys three months to rewrite the app, and you do the math on thirty or 40,000 of these spreadsheets, it, 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 it's not going to work. And then the third thing is when you go to the user and say, okay, get rid of your spreadsheet. Here's your new application. And they say, no, you got a big problem. What BoardWalk does is we can actually convert those spreadsheets in our single scheme environment over onto our platform in a matter of sometimes hours, sometimes days compared to months or quarters. So the order of magnitude of being able to get these spreadsheets into compliance across 30 or 40,000 of them is significant compared to the current um, solutions that are out there. That uniqueness that we bring to the market, we think is going to effectively just blow open the entire financial services market where once they hear about us and they know about us, these banks in order to solve this problem, they're gonna go look for the right solution and hopefully they're going to land on us. We're doing a lot of work right now and trying to educate the market and the partners on what this means so that then they can go, "Yep, yeah, that's why that big old bank in New York selected them. And that's what we're going to do as well. And if you then start to do the math and you say a couple million a year times a hundred banks times a 90% margin on this business. You start to go. Of course, Andy, that's exactly a market that you guys need to go and um, you know uh, and focus on, and that's what we're doing. So the three things are new logos, land, and expand with our existing customers um, and uh, the financial services industry. Now, if some big deal came along outside of that, call it in farmer or something like that, um, you know, would would we would we work on it? Yeah, of course. And you know, we're we're going to continue to expand our markets as we build the resources that have the knowledge to be able to um,
2: see success in those markets. Bobby, if I, if I could, one of the things that I want to stress to the investors is um, while these opportunities and often problems, uh, you know, mother's, or necessity is the mother of invention. Uh, while we had this opportunity due to this compliance issue, the digital ledger solution is more about improving capital and asset efficiency. And so these are basically the same thing. So when you talk about a bank, the reason why they've got to be in compliance is the way that they have their tier one, tier two capital. And that's why the OCC you know, comes in uh, for avoidance of kind of the domino effect of what occurred in the 2008, 2009 period. But that same idea of understanding um, your exposure, your inefficiencies, your blind spots, you know, so to speak, this is a supply chain issue. So for example, in the semiconductor you know, industry, we've helped a uh, customer be able to uh, improve their RFP, RFQ uh, process, which turns into higher conversions, uh, winning more deals. And um, one of the things that attracted me was, you know, having worked with uh, the Asian market for 20 plus years is time zones and you get discrepancies. And that's not a problem. That's just ongoing. You know, when you put in orders multiple times a day and you have to adjust them, that's regular business. And then you have uh, either a snag or something else, and you say, hey, we got to reconcile it. I kid you not, I've had periods where it's taken me two to three days to reconcile saying, oh, this guy from Hong Kong said that the amount was 40,000, not 50,000. And you go back to the time in an email because that's the way it's been done. Emails and PDFs being sent by email. And then you try it, the closest thing you get to timing is the timestamp of your email that may or may not show. It's a ridiculous and inefficient process. But then think about what that means that if you're more efficient, you have more visibility within your channel, more visibility into those EUCs that the banks have to concern. Now you become more efficient in terms of it, less buffer stock. And let's face it, buffer stock is a way of saying, I can't afford to stock out. So I'm going to put in a larger buffer or Q ratio to avoid a stock out, which is really saying you don't have as much visibility uh, because your spreadsheet and the inefficiency of their systems is causing that blind spot. That's why I keep coming back to the idea of we're not um, chasing a given solution, but rather providing enhanced province traceability, visibility, accountability you know, within it. And that goes across multiple markets. Very
0: good. All right. So I want to get into now the competitive landscape, you know, uh, Charlie, you brought up one of your, one of the competitors a little bit earlier. I think it was called cheat sheets, you know, um, tell me what this kind of looks like, you know, who, who are you guys competing with directly against and.
2: um, Yeah. So given the uniqueness of the solution, um, oddly enough, it's not the direct competitors wouldn't be a given name uh, over overall. Because again, we haven't found anybody who's who's taken this approach uh, to doing it. So yes, there's SAP and there's Appian, and, and quite frankly, you know, for certain applications, we, we you know uh, customers should use that. Probably our biggest competitor is the not invented here uh, solution. And so one of the things that, um, as I mentioned uh, before, that we try to drive in with customers is we're not trying to go in and tell an IT guy, hey, you're doing something wrong, but rather. Man, you're a really good doctor, but using a stethoscope, I'm selling you an MRI. Think how much better of a doctor you could be. That's the approach that these guys need to do. But all they've been given so far are stethoscopes and x-ray machines. And and that's why if you're the first guy selling an MRI, who's your competitor? The x-ray machine. So now it's a little bit of Porter's Cross, you know, uh, for a better way of describing it, is it is um, unique. The other one, um, biggest competitor is the uh, status quo, you know, MO. Um, Doing spreadsheets, attaching it to emails, which I believe McKinsey still calls digital, Uh, believe it or not. That is not the approach. Now take a look at as far as how you're addressing structured uh, data. So if you're trying to take a look at who our competitors are, yes. um, For certain solutions, we will come up against the traditional Oracle's and SAP, and some. Um, areas, that would make sense. But overall, we would say probably the biggest um, uh, competitor is the status quo. How would yeah. people been doing it? And, and Bobby, let me go back. You know, I've been looking for a solution like this since, you know, for the last 25 years, whether I was at Intel, heading up, you know, Global Semis at Credit Suisse, whether I was the CFO of a smaller company, it's still been there. Nobody, I, ever saw came, and I've looked at NetSuite, I've looked at, you know, other low codes, you know, and there's some really good solutions, but it wasn't it. This is it. And I think uh, I would challenge anybody uh, right now who uh, wants to, you know, figure this out, come onto our website and see one of our demos. And I think once you do it, as one of our customers said, you know, the bell rang off. Once you saw it, you kind of got it. Um, and I had never seen it uh, before. I guess it's kind of the way that if you'd never seen an airplane before and you saw it, you'd go, holy crap, what was that? Sorry for my French.
1: Sorry. Yeah, I mean, Bobby, I'll, I'll give you two examples if you don't mind. I dive in here. Well, I was on the phone this morning with a um, chip company and checking in on them, existing customer. They had launched a project that was supposed to take 16 weeks with one of the large IT consulting companies and um, implementing a supply chain solution that was um, you know, SAP, uh, a module. And it's now a year and a half. It's still not done. The budget, it's way over budget. And we see this all the time because these companies come in and say, 70% of the applications out of the box, 30% is customized, but it's really 90% out of the box or 90% customized, 10% out of the box. Because everybody's data is different. Everybody does things differently. And they've got all these different sub uh, processes that are running uh, and and different data stores. And it's really hard. So when we come in and say, you know, we can do that same thing in six weeks and give you a much, much better result, much faster. uh, People go, yeah, that's that's terrific. The other thing that's interesting about competition is that we have a, a large cosmetics manufacturer um, in New York, that's a customer. We're doing great with them on Land Expand. We continue to uh, build out applications for them. Their ARR continues to uh, increase. Um, and it's, it's really an exciting thing to see the Land and Expand be successful across multiple business units there. But one of the, one of the problems that they had, had to do with um, formulas. So if they've got 10,000 products, they've got a, and they're manufacturing it, and there's chemicals in these products, they have, they have to build a formula and the formula has to be tracked so that if you make a change to the formula, um, your packaging has to change, your instructions to how to use it has to change. There's ESG issues in, in exporting it to different uh, countries and geos. It's a very complex thing. There's no application that's been built by SAP or Oracle or anybody else to track formulas. So what do they do? They put it all in a big, hairy spreadsheet. And then when someone comes in and they make a change to a formula and it's not tracked, they're in trouble because they don't know how that changed, who made the change or the implication of what has to be done if a formula has to change. And so the net is that they build all this out in these big hairy spreadsheets and it gets out of control. We come in and we take that same spreadsheet and we basically put control around it that now allows them to significantly improve the process and, and really improve the way in which they're managing this, which means at the end, getting product to market faster. And that's how they make money and that's important to them. Uh, and so, you know, that's that's a great example. So, so competition, look, there's a gazillion little apps out there that if you wanna solve this problem or that problem, you can, or you can go build it yourself. But I think that the biggest issue that we have is more complacency um, of people saying, oh, we'll just continue to do it the way that we do it until we can prove to them the real value of automating this in a rapid fashion.
0: So I now want to talk about the execution side of the business, right? I think we got the full picture. We have the, we understand the target markets. We understand the, the product suite. You know, now I want to talk about you know where the company's at in terms of that because you know at the towards the end of June, I mean, the stock has been on a bit of a tear. You know, uh, thirty cents. You know, today we're recording this on September eighth. I think it's about eighty six cents, something like that. Um, not only that, in the last quarter. Basically, near-term profitability, right there. Um, so, I, I want to understand a little bit better um, in terms of the company strategy for um, go-to-market growth, as well as then seeing turning the corner on profitability. So, who wants to take that sure. one first? Uh, Andy? Yeah, go ahead,
2: Charlie. Okay. So, um, I-, I think the operative word, you know, Robert, is we're, we're targeted at growth uh, right now, not at the expense of uh, profitability, but not putting profitability as the absolute goal. It was much in the way that we described our our guidance, you know, hitting six and a half to 7 million. That was the first public guidance that the company has given um, because we had the visibility and we didn't want to rely on a lot of uh, pipeline conversion within it. But the key that we said is that is not our end goal, um, but rather we're looking to exceed it. And so what are the opportunities? So um, one of the advantages, and and I don't think that's been brought up uh, overall is we have a lot of operating leverage. Andy mentioned that um, even for one of our largest customers from the time they signed their license to the time they went live with their own clients was six weeks and took us four and a half heads to uh, to do it. Um, And they're not even full-time all the time on that. Um, and the reason for that is we're not rewriting software code. This is why you don't have the west wing of your company with 40 guys you know, do, still doing implementation like Andy was referencing with you know, the customer overall. So in terms of our growth strategy right now, it's monetization of the pipeline and using um, existing customers and existing partners and new partners to add new logos along with in customers is the expansion into other market areas as well. Um, if you take a look at it, the overall strategy is we will increase our OPEX, but having our revenue grow at a faster uh, pace uh, than that. And as new opportunities avail uh, themselves, is being able to execute on that. Because again, profitability you know, and break-even line is a line in the sand. that That is something we want to race through and become sustainable. We've already paid off you know, $7.3 million uh, in debt uh, since 2018. We're on the cusp of being profitable. Now the question is we have this growth opportunity uh, between referrals of customers, new salespeople coming on, but we're not having to hire 20 to 50 guys, but we will be hiring. We will augment our existing platform uh, to have, you know, further capabilities as well, not because of competitive threats, but that's what the customers need. And we, you know, we are not arrogant enough to say, "Hey, you know, good partners." For example, if somebody already has a relationship and is approved within a bank, why not leverage them and get, you know, eighty percent of a deal as opposed to no, we'll do it alone and get hundred percent. You know, that, that's the sort of opportunity that that we're there. So it's selectively, you know, spend but have the uh, revenue outpacing uh, that growth. Uh, profitability will then become a result. As opposed to the goal itself, and um, so right now, it, as Andy said, is selectively target those areas. We're not focusing everything just on on the uh, on the banking industry either. Half of our growth came from our traditional uh, organic you know markets as well. So this is where we're saying no, no, we're not switching over. We're not chasing. It's a met- uh, we're applying our solution and growing. Where it's uh, welcome, for a better way of describing it, and that um, we've actually had somebody who we tried to hire as a sales guy in 2018, who's got a really nice rolodex, he came back to us. So that I think is another indication of that that we will hire you know good salespeople who are going to bring it in and get us into the customers that will enable that growth. Very good,
0: Andy. You want to add any colors to that?
2: You know,
1: um, the word execution, Bobby, is the key for us. Um, you know, when when we did our our uh, Q one earnings call, which were a March thirty one fiscal date, um, we did our Q one earnings call and, um, and our press release. And when we when we got that information out, we basically said we're going to let the numbers speak for themselves. Um, you know, and 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 that is that's exactly what we're doing now. Um, we really are a freight train. That is full-blown, pedal to the metal, rolling right now. And I think we're going to let the investors just uh, look at the numbers and we're going to let the numbers speak for themselves. But we also are, look, we're a, a very mature management team. We know what it takes. And the bottom line is we got to sell and we got to execute and we got to bring in top-line revenue. Everything else takes care of itself after that.
0: Absolutely. That actually dovetails into my next question because, you know, we've painted, you know, the the picture here, the opportunity, growth prospects, all that stuff, you know, but at, at the same time, I you know, we want to play devil's advocate and give the other side of the token. And that has to do with the company's downside risks. And clearly outlined right there is one of them is execution, right? That That is that I don't even think anything more needs to be said about that, right? You just got to execute at this point. But what in your opinion? Oh, yeah.
2: No, 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 Keep, uh, keep
0: going with that. I, I was gonna say then in, in your guys' opinion, what would you say is some of the other potential downside risks here as well? You know,
1: yeah, again, you know, as, as we've been running this company for a while and, and trying to get the go to market right, one of the things that is not a risk is the technology itself. You know, we've got multiple patents on this technology, and you know, while patents you can argue patents can be defended or not, the bottom line is that this technology is unique. It would be very, very difficult to replicate um, in, a, in a timely manner. And I think that there is really little to no risk with regard to the technology. It's just getting better. Um, and I think that the o- really only downside risk would be um, if we didn't execute and or if the financial in, in the financial services sector, if for some reason the Office of the Comfortable of the Currency decided to let up on mandating that these banks get better with regard to compliance with their data, which we don't think is going to happen, um, and that's certainly, a being honest, is a is a downside. But that's why we're across multiple industries with a lot of different customers, and um, I really don't see a lot of downside at this point, other than our failure to execute.
2: Yeah, but, Bobby, I think the. You know, to that point, I think the keys, you know, right now is is that execution, monetization of our technology, um, and, and making sure that we don't get too enamored with uh, the coolness of our technology. <laughs> you, I mean, let's face it, we've seen a lot of uh, what eighty percent of you know startup uh, companies have really cool technology, but they don't do the business execution, and that's what we're we're trying to uh, do and have the discipline, and that's why um, Andy and I probably would say, you know, we've had a lot of success, you know, in prior companies, but we're kind of like that guy who got a 95% on, on the exam and you're harping about the 5% got wrong. Um, my wife calls me an analist, you know, to that degree, but that's, you know, the devil's in the details uh, overall. The other thing, and let, let's kind of address the elephant in the room. There's a lot of rumors about, you know, recession uh, and overall, and yes, that could um, have some you know budgetary issues overall, which is why when we gave the guidance, we didn't rely upon economic you know conditions. These were deals. The initial guidance was based on deals we had you know were closing or had been closed that were not going to be affected. We've already converted some stuff off of the pipeline. But let me you know position this way: during these downturns, you often see companies who will say we got to get more efficient um, you know overall. We saw this, including with COVID, people saying. Uh, man, I've got supply chain issues. I didn't realize I spent billions of dollars or hundreds of millions of dollars on these other systems. And I can't work with my guys remotely, you know, whether it's across the world or across the table. Our pipeline actually grew during COVID. And I would argue that the efficiencies that our solution provides, um, where we're trying to target and my head of, uh, you know, uh, product uh, Darmesh, you know, says this: we got to have a five X return to guys. So even during a, I'm not saying during a downturn we'll prosper or that we're a defensive stock. You know, we'll probably have some issues, but I'm saying that we can provide that solution. Saying we can even help you become more efficient. You know, in up to, you know cycles as well as down turns overall. How that may play out, um, you know, we'll see. But as Andy said, it's you know, eyes on the prize and execution. If we do that and continue to provide a value added solution, um, I think that regardless of the cycle, we'll continue to grow.
1: And, and even, even if we do have a recession and budgets get cut, remember the example that I gave about the, the chip company that I spoke with this right. morning, that's, you know, 16 months into a project that was supposed to take 16 weeks. Um, you know, that's costly and they, they if their budget gets cut they may look for a better way to do this that would be more cost efficient and boardwalk is that now we yeah. now we're, we're not going to cut our pricing but i will say that we are much more efficient from a you know a cost standpoint than the competition that's out there and we can move right. a lot faster so there so there there actually could be some upside opportunity for us in the event that budgets are starting to get cut. They'll the companies may may consider us a little bit differently.
0: Very good. All right. So we're 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 pretty much right there. So my my final question for you guys today is you know, in your opinion, where do you see the company in three to five years? And what would you say are the inflection points that will get you there? Yep. So um when I look at
1: our continued growth that we're gonna have from our core business around the, you know, the the boardwalk digital ledger platform in supply chain and some of the other industries, we're going to continue to just kick butt there and add revenue, add revenue, land and expand. When you go over and you look at the financial services industry and the way in which we're setting up the go-to-market with this, which is through partners, as the regulators continue to get tighter and tighter and more banks need to solve this problem, and we're known now in the industry or will be known as that, Imagine the math, Bobby, if, again, I said this earlier, you get 100 or 200 banks at a couple million dollars a year um, and now at a 90% margin. And now all of a sudden you're a two 300000000 million company and you start doing the multiple on that and uh, you know, profitable 90% margin ARR. Um, we, we believe we're going to be a very valuable company. We believe we are at an inflection point right now and that there's nothing but upside opportunity. And we are, again, that freight train that is rolling with all engines going. And I think the investors are gonna see quite an exciting next 24, 36 months from BoardWalk Tech.
0: Charlie, you wanna add add anything to that? You ready to run through a wall or what?
2: Um, Yeah, I I, I mean, to kind of put it simply, um, Andy and I have both been involved. uh, great companies don't get sold, they get uh, uh, bought. Uh, but the thing that we need to execute on is how do we become a 50 then then $100 million company? That's what our focus is on. Um, and the way that you do that is continuing to provide uh, solutions to customers. Um, Andy alluded to that. Um, these enterprises have had... Um, mission-critical issues that they haven't had adequate solutions. They've had good solutions. We, we believe we have a, a better solution. In fact, we know it based on, on the feedback that we've gotten. Um, but if you've got 100 you know, mission-critical applications, we only need to do 10 of those 100, and, and the numbers are in the hundreds, but let's just say 100. That's 10%. 10% you know, it gets us to a million per customer. And now all of a sudden that, you know, that uh, goal of being a 50 to hundred million dollar, you know, revenue company is very plausible. How do you do it? Execution, you know, keep delivering, you know, a solution that people value because it's helping their business gain their market share, win business. That's what we're, you know, at that threshold right now. And if we continue to do that, um, you know, with, uh, that focus, not just you know, twelve month, but two, three year focus. We believe that's uh, very reasonable, and that we will get you know people said, "Hey, we'd like to work with you," or even a deeper conversation.
1: Hey, Bobby, I want to I want to tell you one one last story, which is I think interesting and should make you smile. When we were at your conference in December, we met with an investor who decided to take a position. And, um, you know, he got pretty excited. And, you know, since he took that position in December, he's continued to kind of, you know, watch the company and, and increase his position. And he sent me an email and he said, you know, Andy, you, you guys are really one of the only ones that actually said what you were going to do and you actually went out and did it. And he said, I just wanted to say thank you for kind of being upfront and, and telling us what you were going to do. And actually executing on it, and I, I thought that that was just terrific. And I'm, I'm, we, you know, we met him at your conference. We love your conferences, and and, and just thought
2: that uh, that that was a, a, an interesting thing to share. Absolutely. Yeah, and Bo- Bobby, I would I would add on to. I think part of that reason is that we don't just rely on you know chasing the brass ring, but on contingencies. You know, things change. Uh, you get perception or other issues, and isn't it the nature of business? It's like one big you know option binomial option tree is next year, you know, was the market look. How do you you know do that with the new information? And again, I'll go back to this idea that we're not trying to chase every single market, but pick and choose. Um, And uh, as far as where we have the best leverage of our our capital uh, overall. And I I say that to any investor, you know, who probably gets involved and sounds like a really good technology, and then you wonder why didn't you know that pan out? And for those who have been patient, we had to get rid of that legacy stuff. We had to pay down the debt. Now people are, as Andy said, we're letting the numbers speak to themselves, but that does not mean we're complacent. Um, and I will not be complacent uh, ever. It's, it's kind of like you, you won yesterday's game. Uh, you start a new game today. What's the score? Zero, zero. That, that's our approach. Absolutely.
0: All right. Well, you know what? I think we're there. And and guys, you know, thank you again for, for joining me today. So Andy, Charlie, where can our audience go and find more information to follow along the Boardwalk Tech story?
1: Yeah, www.boardwalktech.com. And uh, there's a lot of data on there, a lot of uh, great stuff. So uh, come on to the website and also feel free to reach out to either Charlie or myself if you have questions and want to want to dig deeper. We're, we're always happy to do that, especially for your guys, Bobby. Very cool.
0: All right guys, well again, thank you so much for joining me today. I really do appreciate it. Good luck, stay safe. And uh I look forward to the next update. Thanks probably.